All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening. As we are, as always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is November 23rd, 2023, and week 251. If you're new around here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, um, I said the day earlier, I'm sure we all know if you choose to celebrate it, it is Thanksgiving. So we want to wish you guys from from us here at Joy in the Midst of the Storm a happy Thanksgiving. And um, we thank you so much for tuning in again to this message on Thanksgiving or whenever you choose to watch the video or listen to the podcast. So, um... The title is Partakers in Christ's Suffering. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you very much, Melvin. Before we get into it tonight, as always, we will start by saying a prayer. So if you guys have a moment to join in with us, we encourage you to do so. Heavenly Father, thank you yet again, Lord, for... Uh, just your love, your patience, your uh, blessings that you give out to us, Lord. Just thank you for this life, Lord, for our health, for our strength, for whatever measure of, of things that you've given us, Lord. Just help us to remain humble. Help us to remain holy. Help us to remain thankful uh, in this season, Lord. We understand that it is it is Thanksgiving Day across the world. And so, Lord, we want to offer up thanks to you for what you did for us, for giving us Christ, uh, for giving us your spirit, Lord, for giving us just everything, things that we forget about, Lord, even those things that we've forgotten about, Lord, we thank you for those first and foremost. But we're praying for the Bible study tonight that your word would go forth, that you alone would increase and that we would all decrease, Lord. We're praying that no matter what happens to us in this life, continually remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm, Lord. Help us to appreciate your word, Lord, to uh, just really be grateful for this life that you've given us, for the word that you've given us, Lord, because this word is is life. It is is, uh, something that's helpful to us. And so, Lord, help us to see these things. Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your magnificent name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as Melvin said, Already, I want to say it with him. Happy Thanksgiving to each of you uh, out there. I, I hope that whatever it is that you've eaten today, uh, whether it's turkey or not, whatever it is that you eat, uh, that you have eaten, I pray that you would be thankful for it. Um, I know it is a tradition and it is not a sin if you don't partake in this celebration, in this celebration of eating, because I know that's what a lot of people make it out to be about the dressing and the turkey and the ham and all and all of the good things that people love to eat, the mac and cheese. But even if you have not eaten this, um, I pray that you guys are still thankful for what God has given you, whether it's McDonald's or, well, I don't even know if McDonald's is if they're going to be open or not. But um, regardless of whatever it is 
that we've had to eat on today, I pray that we still recognize what is important. And as I thought about, you know, what things I'm thankful for, I couldn't help but fall on Christ and think about what he did for you and I. We know the story. We've heard it so many times. But I wanted to really take us back, you know, if I'm able to, as best as I can. Now, there's so much more to this thing that we will not get to tonight. But I'm hoping by the grace of God, at some point we will get there um, and God will show us much, much more on what Christ really endured for you and I. Um, And so we're going to look at this tonight, if God would so help us. So from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, let's pick it up, Melvin, starting at verse 14, 13, excuse me. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now, there's coming a time right now, we obviously, we are enduring many afflictions, many problems, many things in this life. Sometimes just the ordinary Life activities, things such as going to work, sometimes it becomes such a hassle, such a burden, such a a thing that we just despise, even just waking up, going to work sometimes. But, you know, there's coming a day where we won't have to do these things anymore, not on this side. There's coming a time where there's going to be the glory of God that shall be revealed on the other side. Now, he's revealing some things here. Don't misunderstand me, but there's coming, a, there's better days ahead. There's this hope. I was just talking about that recently in a Bible study. There's this hope that we have that he's going to give us so many new things. Uh, we're living in a world where while we're young, many of us that are young, Many of, many of you who are much younger than me, you're probably enjoying so much health. You're enjoying so much strength and activity of your limbs that you're not phased with anything. You can go out in the wintertime, no jacket, short sleeves. You can eat whatever you want. Somebody said, I've got a fast metabolism. I can eat whatever I want. I, it doesn't bother me one bit. You can eat all the hot and spicy things you want, and it doesn't phase you. But you know what? There's coming a day. As you get older, these things will start to reveal themselves. They'll start to rear its ugly head. Some things that we're doing, the bad habits, the, the no sleep that we're getting, it's going to start catching up with us. As we get older, steps will start to get shorter. Breath will start to get shorter. We'll we'll be out of breath just doing normal activities. (laughs) Certain things, getting up out of bed becomes harder. Just the simple things in life. It, It becomes difficult to even eat certain foods. I find people 
that I talk to, they say, oh, I've become allergic to this. I've become allergic to that. Things that they've did their whole lives. See, there are coming problems. There are problems that lie ahead. And so when those problems hit, we start looking for better day. Lord, when is the day coming that I don't have to deal with this? Look, even if you're in the best health right now, there, there's still issues going on. We're seeing left and right people are being killed. Left and right people are being robbed. Left and right people are shooting up innocent victims in grocery stores, in schools, in traffic. So we have this hope for better days. And that's what's going to be revealed. But you know what? There's going to be God's judgment revealed also. There's going to be even worse days. You know, look, sometimes we get in a situation where we can't even imagine worse. But you know, there are worse days ahead if, if we end up on the wrong side. If we have not did what God instructed us to do. So, Peter here writes to us. He said, but rejoice. See, he knows and he, he, he talked about it. Now, we're not going to be able to go back and pick all these things up. But he talked about the trials, the tribulations, the tough times that we're enduring. He told us to rejoice because although we're partakers with Christ's sufferings right now, he said there's coming a glory that shall, re, shall be revealed in us. Because we suffered with him on this side, we'll reign with him on the other side. So this is the hope that we have. This is what we have to look forward to. The good times that are ahead. So I want to go back tonight because I want to look at some of the suffering that Christ partook in. I want to look at some of his suffering so that it will make our suffering more bearable. So that we can then begin to look at our situation and say, you know what? Christ suffered more. I hope, I, I really hope to God that I can help us to put ourselves in his shoes just a little bit now. I, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not even half the teacher that Jesus was, not half the teacher that Paul was. But to the best of my ability, I'm hoping and praying that God would help me and that not only through this one Bible study, but over the course of our lives that he would continue to reveal to us his suffering, what he went through so that we can bear what we're going through. Because a lot of times when we're going through something, the first thing we start to say about someone else is, oh, you haven't been through this. You haven't walked a day in my shoe. You can't relate to this. Well, you know what? If that's the approach that we have, can you relate to what Christ went through? 
Can you relate? Can you relate? So just as we're partakers of the sufferings of Christ, we will be partakers of his glory, of the reign. We will reign with him. So now we're going to go back and look at some things that Jesus endured in the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew 26. And let's probably start around verse 47. Matthew 26, 47. Now, I, I can think of a time where I was having conversation with a relative of mine and they could not understand why it was important that Christ suffered for us they couldn't understand and you know what I couldn't understand at one point I didn't understand why it was so important but I thank God now that I understand more than I understood then I understand that it was 100% necessary for him to do what he did in order for me to have eternal life. In order for me to partake in heaven, to partake in never having pain again, never having fear again, never having doubt again, it was important for him to do what he did. So, Let's pick up verse 47 so that we can look at just somewhat, a little bit of what he endured. Pick us up, man. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now, Jesus, he was a man who continually tried to help people. And throughout his ministry, people continually spoke down on him. People continually tried to catch him in a lie that he wasn't even telling. People continually tried to trap him in words, tried to twist his words up. They tried to kill him even before this point. With everything they did, they tried to put him down. They told people he was a devil. The devil was using him. We're talking about God manifest in the flesh, and yet they said he was a devil. This man has healed. He has delivered. He has fed people. He, have, he has did so much to benefit others to the point where he couldn't sleep, he couldn't get rest. Someone continually needed his help. And he was all for helping. He was compassionate. And so this is what we ought to be thankful for this week and the rest of our lives, the character that he displays. So now Judas, one of his own people, 
came to him to betray him. But I wanted to read this verse because I want to set the scene of how they came. See, we read these words, but we really must understand what's going on here. They came to him with swords, with staves, with these sticks. Uh, my mind can picture the, the, the sticks that the police officers have. They came to him with these type of things. And they came ready to use them. They came with force. They came with a mind thinking by any means necessary. Whatever we have to do to take this guy, we will. This is how they started this thing. Read for us, Melvin, if you will. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. Hold him fast. Look, do it quick. Take him quickly. See, they didn't come with patience, with gentleness, with love. They didn't come that way. He said, jump on him quick now. Get him quickly. We've got to do this thing fast. As if they're dealing with a criminal here. As if they're dealing with a mass murderer. As if they're dealing with someone that's highly dangerous. Someone that can't be trusted. Look at how they're treating him. And this didn't just start. But this is where we are. This is where we are. Pick us up in 49, Mel. And forthwith, he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. He said, Friend, what, what's going on here? In another place, he said, Betrayest thou me? With a kiss? You've come to betray me? Look at the hurt of being betrayed. Look, any of us, when we have people close to us, when they betray you, it hurts so much worse than the person you expect to betray you. It hurts so much worse. But they came and they laid hands on Jesus. You know, I never really thought about the manner of which they took Jesus. I never really thought about that. The manner that they did this, how quickly, how forcefully they came upon him. See, if you've, if, if you've heard these things or somewhat of these things before, you understand that Peter pulled out his sword and he cut the servant's ear off. As they began to try to take Jesus, and they did take him, as they began to take Jesus, he pulled his sword out. But you know, now that I think about how they came and the aggressive manner of which they did it, I understand why Peter is thinking, no, we've got to fight now. See, they're coming, they're, they're getting a little too handsy. They're doing a little too much. They're doing too much here. They're forcefully trying to throw us around. 
didn't come gently. So they laid hands on him. They laid hands on him. You know, I thought about the man that was killed in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, What was that? Earlier this year, five police officers responsible for killing this man. Now, I watched the video. Now, I'm not telling you to go and watch the video. But I watched how they laid hands on him. I watched how they did that. They didn't gently do this. They came with the weapons, because we know police officers already have their weapons. We understand that. But there was a manner of which they approached the guy from the very beginning. This is how Jesus was approached. They came yelling. They came cursing at him. They came forcing him. Laying hands on him. I'll come back to that. But I want to, I want to drop down, drop down to verse 66. Now, we're going to, we're going to skip ahead some. Because now they have taken Jesus. He has allowed them to take him. For you and I, see, this is what we ought to be thankful for, the suffering that he went through. Look, the Bible tells us if someone smites you on one cheek, look, turn, give them the other. They did way more than that to Jesus. We look at that and we say, man, there's no way I can let somebody hit me. We can't even let someone just talk about us and get away with it. We're we're surely not allowing them to physically harm us. But now Jesus, he suffered for you and I. So I, I, I really want you to put yourself in this situation, to imagine yourself in this exact scenario. But it's hard sometimes when we haven't seen these things. And so even as I began to think about this, let's move, man. Pick us up in 66. What think ye? They answered and said, he is guilty of death. Now he's put on trial. Wrongly accused, falsely accused. And they said this man's guilty of death. He deserved to be killed. Mm Mm-hmm. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him and others smote him with the palms of their hands. They began to beat the man. They've already been doing this now. But they're continuing what they started. They say he deserves death. Man who has not committed one sin nor one crime. But they said he deserves death. They spit in his face. They began to slap him. They began to punch him. They began to hit him. You know, I, I, I could 
Imagine now. I remember seeing the video of this guy that they killed in Memphis. Terrible thing that took place. Man, wrongly killed. I don't know what they had against the guy, but at the end of the day, the manner of which this man, this his life was taken, totally wrong. But you know, I watched them do some of the same things. Spit on the man, hit the man, punch the man, kick the man. I watched them do the same things. Some of the same very things. And you know, by the end of it, by the end of this beating, I looked at how swollen the man's face was. How you couldn't even make out his face. How the man, no doubt, struggling to breathe, struggling to talk, struggling to do anything because of the beating that he took. So when I think about what Christ went through, see, he had an even longer beating than what I watched this guy go through here in Memphis. Now, I'm not trying to minimize this man's death because, again, he was wrongly killed terrible thing that took place. But I just want to use that to help you to put yourself in this situation, to really think about just what suffering he went through. I couldn't even, look, when you look at certain images of the guy's fate, you couldn't even, look, his eyes were almost shut. I've seen, uh, Boxers fight. And when a boxer is in the ring getting beat up pretty bad, taking a lot of punches, their eyes will become swollen. Their Different parts of their head, their face will become swollen to the point where they can't even see any longer. And the referee will call the fight when the boxer can no longer actually see to defend themselves. Nobody called the fight here. Nobody stopped it. Nobody said, oh, he can barely see. Let's lay off of him now. They didn't do that. In the book of Luke, it talks about how they blindfolded him. They blindfolded him. And then they would hit him. And they said, now tell us who did it. Read verse 68 for us, Melvin. Saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? See, they didn't tell us that part here. But in the book of Luke, it tells us they blindfolded him. They put something over his eyes, put something over his head. They didn't even care where they hit the guy. They didn't care where they hit him. They said, now tell us who hit you. Which one of us did it? Since you say you're a prophet. You ought to be able to tell us something supernatural. Who did it? Look at what he went through for us. Look at what he went through. The suffering for you and I. Let's move here, Melvin. Run over to the book of Mark chapter 15. You know what? Before we do that, before we do that, go back to Isaiah chapter 50. 
because there is something else we're not told here. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 6. Isaiah 50 and 6. See, the Bible does not give us every detail in one chapter. We've got to go all over and rightly divide and put these things together. So now, this is going to give us a little more insight of what happened. Pick us up in verse 6, Melvin. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Look at what he endured for you and I. He said, I gave my back to the smiter. He allowed them. He gave this. He told us, he said, no man taketh my life. He said, I'm giving it. I'm laying it down. I'm offering myself. So here he said, I gave my back to them that whipped him. Where they came up with a whip. Uh, Very different from the leather belts. But from what they tell me now, they had a leather whip that they attached bones and other uh, hard materials to, and they whipped him with it, hitting his bare skin, no clothes on him, hitting his bare skin, tearing his flesh apart. This man is bleeding to death. They're blindfolding him, hitting him. They're punching him. They're using a whip. They're using whatever they can. They're using their feet. Look at what they're doing to him. And he said, I gave it. I gave my back to the smile. I gave this to them. I said, here. He offered this because we could not be saved if he didn't. And my cheeks to them that plucked off, glory be to God, plucked off the hair. They plucked the man's hair off of his face. Look, I I don't know what they use. I don't know how they decide to do this. I don't know if they use some type of razor and ran it across the man's skin. But I know one thing, they didn't do it gently. As I sit here needing to shave my hair, I couldn't imagine someone plucking the hair forcefully off of my face. Every now and then when when a person, when you're getting your hair cut and the clippers uh, are dull, the clippers will just pluck hairs out of your head, instead of actually cutting them, which is a gentle process, the clippers, when they're dull, the blades will just pluck the hair right out of your head. They pluck the man's hair right off of his face, humiliating the guy any way possible. Any way possible. This is what he endured. Could we, could you put yourself in this situation? 
Could you have taken this? I know I couldn't have. There's no doubt about it. There's no point of me saying, man, I would have did this and I would have did. There's no point of me saying it. I could not have taken this that he took. And knowing he did no wrong. He did nothing wrong. But these people, they whipped him. Look, I, I, I can... Even our parents, when they would whip us, I know everyone may not have endured this, experienced this, but even our parents, when they would whip us, you know, they wouldn't aim for your face. Now, every now and then, you might have been running around, because I know I did. <laughs> every now and then, you might have been running around, and somehow you got hit in the face, you got hit on the hand, and they say, well, you better stop moving, good for you, or whatever the case may be. But they weren't aiming to just strike you in the face. They're aiming for your back. They're aiming for your bottom. They're aiming for your legs. Something where you can take a little more pain. But with Jesus, they didn't care where they hit him. They wanted to hit him in his face. They wanted to pull every, my God, the, 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 word, the word of God tells us, God, he has numbered the very hairs on our head. He's numbered them. And they've pulled every last one of them out of this man's face. Look at what he endured for us. Let's go back. Let's go back to the New Testament. Let's go back to uh, Mark 15 and 17. Mark 15 and 17. And they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head. They clothed him with purple. Now, purple was a luxury brand. Purple was what the kings wore. Purple was, uh, it was what people who had money, rich people, this is what they wore. So they clothed him. They said, all right, you, you're saying you're the king of the Jews? Wear this purple. They put a crown on his head, but not the type of crown, not the type of crown that uh, people want. Uh, you see, uh, in beauty pageants, they give people crowns. In, in different competition, they give people crowns. This isn't the type of crown they put on his head. They put one on his head to inflict pain. Crown of thorns. I, I've been, I've been out before, and there are different bushes with thorns in them. They'll stick you. Those are the exact bushes. Look, you want to avoid them. And somehow, seems like whenever I come around them, get a little too careless sometimes. Get a little too close. And it's going to instantly remind you, you've made a mistake. Instantly. Now, 
I've been, I've been hit a few times with these thorns, but I never once had it placed directly on me on purpose. See, I hit these things mistakenly. And if you've hit them, you didn't do it on purpose. But they did this to him intentionally. They put it directly on his head forcefully now. They're forcing it on his head. This man's bleeding all across his body. Bleeding out from his skull. Bleeding out from his face as they've plucked his hairs off. As they've spit on him. As no doubt his body is swelling. I'm sure it's becoming harder and harder to even recognize the man. There's no way he can take all of this and his body has no physical effect. He showed his humanity because he bled. So they're doing all of this. Pick us up in verse 18, Mel. And began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews. Mm -hmm. And they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him and bowing their knees, worshipped him. They continued, they continued, and they continued to torture him. They have not gotten enough satisfaction yet. As the man is pouring blood, as no doubt they're covered in blood, they have to be. Just touching him, they have to be covered in blood. They have to be walking in his blood. The blood he shed for you and I. They're walking in it. They're trampling over his blood. And this is what we do. When we don't respect what he did for us, when we don't appreciate just how much he went through. See, this is the beginning fun that they had. This is all just the beginning. This is before he got to the cross, which was a different level of suffering. He suffered so much already. He suffered so much. No doubt, spitting blood. As they kicked him in his stomach, as they kicked him in his side, as they continued to punish him. And for what? You know, the next time somebody does something to us we did not deserve, we ought to think about this. We ought to think about how they did it to him. And suddenly, because somebody lied on me, look, it, it's not what they did to him. I can deal with it. I don't like it now. I'm not telling you I want it. But once I begin to look at it from his perspective, I say, man, they didn't do me quite as bad. Not even as close to what they did to him. So they smote him on the head with a reed, on his head. 
They didn't care where they hit them. They didn't care. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to appreciate what you did, my God. The Bible tells us for the joy that was set before. He did it joyfully. He wasn't regretting his decision. He wasn't upset about it. He did it for the joy that was set before him. So I want to, I I have to make sure that we understand that this isn't the end. This wasn't the end. So they have, after this point, they made him carry the cross. They made him carry the cross. But the thing about it is, at this point, this man was so weakened. See, when you get sick, your body becomes weak. There are normal things that we do that after you get sick, it's so hard to do. Look, one, if you get sick enough, it's, it's so hard to just get out of bed, to walk. It's difficult to eat. It's difficult to swallow. It's difficult to breathe. It's difficult to do normal things. To do normal things when you're sick. So Jesus, they have beaten this man so much now. They have beaten him so much, he's weak. He has to carry the cross. But he's so weak. They gave him some help. They allowed a man to help him. A man who had not been beaten. My God. This man had not been beaten like Jesus. So they say, you help him carry. Jesus still had to carry it part of the way. But as they seen it, they said, look, help this man. Help him. And so Jesus told us, we've got to take up our own cross. He did part of it for us. But there is a part he's expecting you and I to do. So they get him to the cross. They get him to the cross. And even then, they still torment him tormented him. We know about the thieves on the cross. We know about how the one thief, he he added on to the mockery. Look, if he could have, he probably would have reached over and hit Jesus too. Just because everyone else was. Just because he joined in on the fun. And so everyone around him mocked him, everyone around him, spitting on him, continuing to beat him, even as he's on the cross. So they nail, they nail his hands on the cross. They nail his feet. Now, I don't know how many nails they put in his body. From what I'm told, they put one nail through both of his feet to save on nails So they didn't use up all the nails because crucifixion now, you must know it didn't start with Jesus and he wasn't the last one crucified either. But in order 
to still have nails. They either reused. Most likely they reused the nails from other people and they drove one through both of his feet. Just think of my God. You know, I, I've, I've been working before. I've been out working on different uh, job sites, different construction sites or whatever. And you know, I have mistakenly stepped on a nail before. Board or something on the ground has a nail sticking up. I've mistakenly stepped on one before. And you talk about pain. It, it, it didn't go fully through my feet. It didn't come all the way through. But you talk about pain just stepping on a nail. Just merely stepping. But this man, they drove a nail through both feet. Not, and, and the nail had to be so secure because it was responsible for holding the man on the cross. Look at what he went through. Look at, we're talking about significant pain as if what they already did to him wasn't enough. He most likely would have bled out and died even if they didn't send him to the cross. Now, that's me saying that now. I didn't, I didn't find that in the Bible. That's me saying that. But they beat him so bad. How could he have lived other than by the grace of God? But just from a mere human standpoint, most likely he would have died. That's what happened to the man they beat here in Memphis. They beat him so bad, the man died. And we're, Jesus now, he shed, he shed so much more blood than this man that they beat here in Memphis. So most likely now, he would have died also especially with what they put him through. With the sheer shock that they're putting on his body. Pain in every ounce of his body. You talk about excruciating pain. So they nail his feet. And then they nail, spread him wide open on the cross, nailing his hands. To the cross. You know, have you thought about the fact that he had to, these people, when they were crucified, they had to hang there on the cross. It was the nails that's having them hang there. Now, I know I've told you guys it was love that kept him there, but you got to understand where I'm coming from when I say that. But physically, these nails kept them on the cross. I've seen something that said they might have even tied rope around their arms, their hands, just to help, just to help keep them there. They might have even tied rope. But these nails now, all of the weight has to rest on these nails. Just think about that. Just think about, is nothing holding him? Nothing holding people there but the nails. And so from what they tell me, I don't know this now. This is what I'm told. 
in order to breathe, one would have to lift themselves up because by if, if you understand gravity, you kind of slump down, you sink down. But in order to breathe, you would have to raise yourself some just to breathe, to exhale in and out. Even if you just sit here with no nails in your body, when you breathe, your body moves. Your body by nature moves. So in order for him to breathe, he would have to pick himself up. Just, my God, just think about the pain he's going through just to pick himself up. Just to get another breath. Just to breathe in and exhale out. Look at what he's enduring. And then I began to think about just how much he spoke on the cross. He began speaking to others. Even the pain that he endured. He wasn't talking about, man, I'm in so much pain. He wasn't up there complaining. But instead, he's offering help to even those people. Even the thief on the cross. He said, look, you'll be with me in paradise. He wasn't talking about, man, you got me using my breath. He still did everything out of love. Regardless of what he was in, regardless of what he was feeling. Lord, help us to realize. And through it all, he said, Father, forgive them. Through it all. Through every ounce of pain, every drop of blood, through it all, he said, Father, forgive them. It was the custom that they would go around and break the people's legs, just to finish them off, to make sure that they're dead. Because this was designed to torture them. They were designed to be able to stay on the cross for a great period of time, to suffer, to die a slow, painful death. And so when they wanted to just finish them off, they said, you know what, we'll just go and break their legs. Because how could they move then? See, they wouldn't be able to raise themselves to breathe any longer. Now, we'll just break their leg. They'll just die. Suffocate them. They will no longer be able to even help themselves at all, my Lord. And so they made it to Jesus. But you know what? They found he was already dead. He was already dead. Because of all that they had put him through, he was already dead. And so they pierced him in his side. They still said, you know what? Just to make sure, we're going to make sure he can't breathe. He can't breathe. He won't be able to use his lungs. There's no way he can breathe. So they pierced him. Out came blood and water. Look at the suffering that this man went through. Look at the pain that he went through. And here I am. All someone is doing to me, they talk about me. Oh, you're ugly. You're fat. You're this. You're that. 
You're dumb. This is this is all they're doing. To, look, it hurts now. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. That stuff hurts. But I'm told if I can be a partaker with his suffering, I'm told I'm crazy. You're believing in that false garbage. He's not coming back. He, he, he was never even alive. But if I can be partaker with his suffering, I can reign with him. I can share the glory of God that shall be revealed in him. I can be risen with him. Look, he wrote after after all that they did. Look, they tried to hold him down. (laughs) They tried to block the tomb. (laughs) They did so much. But they couldn't stop him from being risen. From rising again, they couldn't stop him. You know, It doesn't matter what someone is doing to us. They won't be able to stop you from being risen with Christ as long as you partake in the suffering. Now, we don't have to go through exactly what he went through, but there's still some suffering. There's still some pain. There's still some hard times. But after three short days, he rose. After three days, He rose. He began to reveal himself to his disciples, to all the people that watched him suffer. And he showed them, if you can be partakers of my suffering, you'll be risen with me. You will reign with me. And so, He has showed himself to all of his apostles, all 11, excuse me, 10 of them. He he had not shown himself to Thomas. And Thomas declared that he wouldn't believe it until he could see him for himself. He said, I've got to see. I need to see those markings. I know I watched them nail his body to that cross. I watched him pick himself up time after time to try to breathe. I watched him struggle to say things. I watched him as he bled to death. I watched him as he was pierced in his side. Thomas said, I won't believe it until I see that he's risen for myself. And as soon as he seen Jesus, as soon as he seen it, He fell down to his knees. He said, my Lord and my God. This man suffered for me. This man did this for me. And here he is risen again. Look, regardless of what happens to you in this life, look, there's a reason to have joy. There is a reason because it doesn't matter what someone says. There is a reward for us. You just have to hold on. You just have to endure some hard times over here. Look, we're getting into the cold time of the year, the cold months of the year. It's some suffering sometimes. The air, the heat goes out sometimes. The snow comes down sometimes. It's ice on the road. 
Some things happen. But if you can just hold to your integrity, if you can just continue to live godly, there's a reward for you. And so I'm praying and hoping that you guys, I know we're thankful for the turkey, the dressing and gravy, the cranberry sauce, the pies. Look, I get it. That stuff tastes good. I get it. (laughs) But if you can think about the suffering that Christ went through, I'm telling you that turkey will taste so much better. The dressing will be so much better. Look, the food was salty. Oh, they overcooked this. Regardless of what it is, it'll be so much better. Man, I didn't get what I wanted today. It'll be so much better. Christmas time is rolling around. Everybody's looking for some type of gifts. But if you can just think about the suffering that he went through so that you don't have to. Look, not getting a gift, you already got the best gift there ever will be. So let us be thankful and let us remember the suffering that he went through because there's a reward in it for you and I. May God bless you. May God continue to keep your minds stayed on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace. At this time, I'll turn it back into the hands of Melvin. God bless you guys. Thank you, Minister Banks. Um, good message as always. Um, but I know we have all we have all heard the saying that it could be worse. You know, no matter what we're going through, there's always someone in a worse condition, worse condition, wishing they could be where we're complaining about. You know, um, Tony has just gone through all well, not all of the um things that Jesus uh, went through, but a lot of it. And I can guarantee that none of us has gone through even the just a few things that Jesus went through that we covered tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I know that I can be guilty of it. Um, I don't like being accused of something that I didn't do. But I also think what Jesus, um, a perfect man that had never sinned, being accused of all of these things. Now, see, me, I may not have um, done the thing that I've been accused of, but I've been guilty of something before. I've been guilty of sin before. So I'm sure I deserve everything negative that would happen to me. But for Jesus to sit there and endure all of that for me, for you, for for everyone, it means a lot. Um, You know, every year around this time, we go through the list of things that we're thankful for. And um, one thing that I always say is I'm thankful for the things that did not go my way because um, I I can remember looking back years ago, I wanted things so bad. And, you know, now we say hindsight is 2020. Now looking back, I'm so glad that those things did not work out because had they have worked out, I would have I would have had a battle on my hands because they were not of God. And I would have to get out of it some way. <laughs> I'm talking about having my car tied in, the, this, this, and that tied in. I would have had a battle. So, yes, I was suffering in that time because it didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen. So I'm thankful for that suffering. And it's hard to be that in the moment. We had a Bible study a long time ago. Lord, help me in the moment because we can feel this way and that way. And then when the time comes... It's a whole different ball game. So I'm thankful for Christ's suffering. I'm thankful for the suffering that I go through now because I know that 
it's going to be beneficial to me in one way or another. Even if nothing, you know, what we say good happens to me, even if it's something that just helps my patience or helps me from talking or keeps me from talking about someone else, it's beneficial to me. So um, I'm thankful for that. I hope that you guys are too. And I hope that you're having a, a very happy Thanksgiving if you choose to celebrate it. So as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to see you guys there. And if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. And I almost forgot, as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, counted all joy, and again counted all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. Now, if the Lord says, blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening live with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. So until then, you guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm.